Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Woo! This is Football Sunday on The Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ooh, is this how this works? New, bu- new buttons? No, just I haven't been here in weeks and I've forgotten. And my headphones weren't working and I was like, why am I yeah, deaf? I was sitting here, Help I was like, me. what's my password to get in? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, we have returned. It's been a couple of weeks for me. I think you guys were here last week, right? Uh, were we, John? Oh, no, two year weeks ago last, you were here. Yeah. yeah. The year before last. Well, a week before last, last I'm sorry. year. Yeah. I bet you wish. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, Joe yeah. had enough time to grow a full beard. I know. I didn't. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, right, Joe? I didn't see you here last week. Uh, it wasn't last week nor the week before. So, so no, yeah. this is brand new to me, and I'm digging well, it. No, you, you saw me last Tuesday. Did I see you Tuesday? Yeah. Oh, but you were wearing the mask. Yeah. So I couldn't see the beard. And, you know, when you we're going in and out of the studio, it's not like we're, you know, fully paying attention to each other. Yes. And trying to get ready and everything. So. <laughs> Hey, Joe. Hey, 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 <laughs> I got hey. things to do. Okay, bye. <laughs> Cleaning up and everything. So uh, The beard is great. Yeah, it's uh. He's kind of got his hair hanging over his left eye and everything. I like it. I think this is the Joe woke up at eight forty-five a.m. here that it just kind of fell down on his head. Pretty, pretty accurate there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this is definitely the the winter look. This kind of look won't fly in May. Um, I disagree. When you live in Portland. Well, that's true. Touche. Yes. But uh, no, it gets too warm and the, you know, the hair dangling on the forehead. I feel like Pedro and Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And Pull it back like Bradley Cooper. Yeah. I was thinking, do I go soccer, uh, soccer style headband, you know, where I have it tied back a little bit? You can go, yeah, like, give yourself a little, like, little mini bun or mini, mini ponytail or something. I would love to see 
Joe Fisher with the man. You know, I keep kind of pulling the hair back to see if it's at that length yet, and it's it's almost there. It, it's just about there. Well, then you should try it. The fact you've been trying so hard just lets you know that you should just go ahead. And That's what you want to do. But I don't have any, like, hair ties or anything. This oh, is, oh, uh, oh, no. This oh. isn't an issue I've ever uh, – this isn't something I've ever ran into. Oh, there's, like, the, there's this thing called a store, Joe. Yeah, I think they got tons of them. Different uh, or colors Amazon. Also, you can use, like, a rubber band. You know, you can use anything else <laughs> to tie your hair. Yeah, I guess I could do that. <laughs> I would love to see it. The only person who's worked here who has done that is Andrew Nemec. Yeah, that's He's true. gone man bun before. Actually, he's he's tried to go man bun and liked man bun. And he's done the, like, full soccer style where he, like, shaves the side the of his head a little and bit. Just the... And the top is more filled out. Mm-hmm. He's the most stylish hair person, uh, I think, at the fan. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, in terms of like following trends. Yeah. I mean, I I don't do anything to my hair outside of just like comb it. Yeah. He's definitely he's definitely you know because Nimick's still you know Nimick's with it you know Nimick's got the Jordans he's he's you know he makes sure that that he's uh always mm-hmm. on on his tip top as far as style. Did you have did you have somebody else in mind? No. I was gonna say because really. everybody else. My hair is typically on point all the time. Your hair is just is, is is great. But, but no, Nimick as far you, as he you keep he, he a similar style it. usually. Yeah, he changes it you know yeah. quite often. You know, I, I think we forget I had long hair for like three years. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then you know, so when it's not here, but. Well, yeah. I remember. I remember too. This year, you had long hair because we couldn't go get haircuts for a while, and you yeah. were so frustrated. Yeah, because <laughs> I just cut my hair, and then all of a sudden, that damn COVID came and shut down all my barber shops, and you know, shut some down for good, which really sucked. I mean, I but, thought it still looked good, and no, you were I mean, like, was, you were just complaining about it constantly. I was like, man, he just, really hates his yeah, long hair. It doesn't. It doesn't look as cool. Like you know, even when you try to like dress up for virtual meetings. Uh, your hair not being good like that, it, it, it definitely sucks. Well, this is the last show of the year, Rashad. It's crazy. We, uh, what a year. We are at December 27th. We will not be back with you until 2021, at least on Sunday. And uh, I feel like the new year this year is going to be very interesting because nothing is going to have changed, right? We're still waiting for the vaccine. I mean, we have the vaccine, but we, we as a general we – are waiting for the vaccine. Um, we still got to wear masks. You know, stuff is still partially closed down, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. But I feel like the switch to 2021 is going to be a really momentous moment for everybody because this year has been very difficult for everybody yeah. in various ways, shapes, and forms. At the very least, it's been difficult because you've been dealing with the pandemic, which has been hard on everybody. But I mean, Myself included, I've talked to a ton of people who had other personal stuff go on this year that just mm-hmm. added insult to injury and was just like piling on top of each, uh, itself. I feel like once midnight hits on Thursday night, or I guess Friday morning, there's going to, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see see how it is, but I feel like there's going to be this interesting like, oh, okay. I, th- I agree with you. I think this. Let's is, try something different. I think this is going to be one of the most important New Year's Eves in a long time. And, and to, to my memory, I don't know if there's ever been a, a more important Jan, uh, December 31st, just because considering everything, and I know we'll talk about it later, but just this year has been effed up, you know, and it's it's like there's been a lot of things that have gone incredibly, incredibly wrong from people losing everything from uh, their jobs to their homes and fires and, you know, all to just hurricanes. Like this has been like the craziest 12 months that anybody can remember. So I think there's, like you said, that overall kind of deep breath and that that sigh of 
relief that the year is over, you know, and I think that's what everybody's kind of looking forward to that, that new year, new me, you know, that a lot of people end up saying, I think that rings truer this year than it would have really any other year. It's not going to be, hopefully, you know, a new year's with a lot of people and parties and stuff like that. I'm sure some people will still do that, but at least for me, I know it's going to be kind of like a reflective moment too. It'll be like, uh, okay. And last year sucked, right? Or this year currently, I'm just talking about on midnight last year sucked, but guess what? We got through it too. You know, I think a lot of people struggled this year, but I think a lot of people learned a lot about themselves this year too, in a, in a positive way. Yeah. Right. You know, you learn, you learned how to be resilient in the face of everything that's been going on for the most part. I mean, people, it, this year sucked Yeah, in every way, shape and form. This year was terrible. And there were some little positive things here and there. And, you know, sports came back and that was fun. And the NBA was able to finish their season and baseball the same, and at least sports wise. And, you know, some new albums came out or bands that I listened to, at least they, they remastered a lot of old albums because that's all they could do. And, you know, there were still some cool things that happened, but Generally, like you just learned that you could do it, right? When yeah. you're flowing through life, you don't really have to deal with that on a, on a constant basis. And this year was just like a flood of, hey, you want to deal with this now? No, time, you want to deal with this, this now? This left you with nothing but time. You know, we we were all whether you were, you know, Jimmy Buffett, you know, or or or, or you know, and uh, or Warren Buffett, or you know, what I mean, like it really didn't matter from the tip top to the very bottom. Like everybody was in the same position. Nobody could leave. Nobody could uh, be around big groups of people. There wasn't an artist uh, in the country, excuse me, in the world that could have a show, you know, like for, be it music or comedy or whatever the case is, there was no one that could have, you know, anything. And so we were all kind of, I guess, suffering together, and which is something that, you know, as, as citizens of just not even America, of the world, like almost never happens. Like with this, like, kind of overall did it bring us together in america not really not really you know what i mean not, <laughs> there not was a really few months but no but here's the cold part uh... but here's the cold part i think in some ways it did you know i mean I, honestly if if not for if not for covid then i think when we when we saw george floyd and hear about brianna taylor and some of those other things that happened you just kind of go back to work why? Because, and, and this is me in my life, like, why I, I have a son to raise. I have a whole life to live, you know, bills to pay and things like that. Like, we don't get a chance as humans to stop and reflect and look at things. This was an op this was an opportunity for everybody in the world to stop and say, holy hell, what's happening here? Like, this is, this is a real thing. And it woke everybody up. And I honestly think without something like COVID, which was a, you know, a blessing in disguise in a lot of ways, then for that movement, for that yes. movement then nobody would have, you know, nobody would have moved. But then you think on the flip side, well, COVID took a lot of lives. Mm -hmm. It took all, you know, almost a million people have been, have lost their lives. And not to mention the of COVID. Like that's, you know, it's it's such a it's it's such a heartbreaking thing to be able to, you know, say like, oh man, like this this incredible movement had to happen. You know what I'm saying? But it just happened to happen in the middle of a lot of people losing, in some cases their lives, but in other cases, man, everything they had. So. Yeah, and just real quickly, I mean, this year, if anything, like, it really taught me, myself, and I'm sure a lot of people, is, like, they always say, appreciate the little things, right. you know? But, I mean, hell, appreciating the time that you have spent with your family. I think that everybody can't wait to do more of that once this is all wrapped up. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have those moments, you're really going to appreciate those times even more so now. 
Things that you took for granted. Breathing fresh air. Walking out without a mask. I was just asking Lynch, I was like, man, what's worse? The fact that we have to wear the mask or the fact that we've all gotten so used to just wearing them everywhere. Very true. You know, and it's just kind of one of those things. So, yes, this... Take everybody out there, if you're riding in your car right now and you're or you're you're at work, man, just just man, take a breath and just be thankful for your life and for the life hopefully of of the family members that are hopefully still here, you know, with you and everything. Just because this year, if it's shown us nothing else, it's shown us that life is precious and the little things around us that we take for granted, just going to a bar after work or to watch a game and hanging out and with some friends and having some beers. You know, those are things that we never ever you know, we're thankful for, but I think moving forward, we'd all, we all should. Be. Yeah. That was all stuff that we just did because we could, and it was easy and we took it for granted. Right. I mean, for me personally, traveling yeah. to go see my family. Yeah. Um, my, I saw them in August when cases were doing okay here and there, but beyond that, I haven't seen them since the beginning of the year. I usually see my family a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's tough. Like I canceled my Thanksgiving trip. We canceled the Passover trip, things that I would do every year. Right. Uh, two of my favorite holidays couldn't do it um you know randomly saying hey you want to go meet at a bar and just grab a beer can't do that haven't been mm-hmm. able to do that since march yeah and it's just stuff like that that you and, and yeah not wearing a mask right being able to not wear a mask i had a very similar thought to you yesterday i was at safeway and i was looking around and just yeah everyone's wearing a mask and i did have that thought i was at the self-checkout so like i was waiting for the receipt to print or something and i looked up and just like everyone around was wearing the mask and i was like well, at least everyone's wearing a mask. That's good. Yeah. But also, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of interesting how it's just like it's, that's, it's, that's the world we're in right now. It's the new normal, and I, I will hope it wouldn't be. But hey, well, I mean, it, as long I, I don't know if the vaccine comes out, I hope it we can go back to not wearing a mask. But I'm sure some people still might, right? Yeah. I mean, it can help you avoid other things <laughs> like I mean, the flu. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. People get flu shots all the time and still get the flu, though. That so. is true. That's only 30% effective usually. Yeah, so. At least we'll the vaccine is like 90% effective, so that's good. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, we're going to talk some Blazers today. I know we got I'd an NFL show. Uh, I want to talk about the potential number one pick. Jets and Jags now tied record-wise because the Jets were idi- idiots and wound up winning against the Rams last week. Uh, so we got to talk about that. Jets can't do anything right. Also, uh, I saw a rumor today about a potential new Jags head coach if they get the number one pick. I saw that too. Uh, also, we had some games yesterday, and uh, a couple of the teams that played are interesting. So we'll talk about that as well. But we will start with the Blazers. The Blazers season has begun. We have not talked about it yet because they started on Thursday, and we haven't had a show in a little bit. They looked terrible in the first game. Looked better yesterday, and now there's uh, oh, just a giant elephant in the room of the James Harden rumors. So we'll get to all that. Text the five, uh, the text the five zero three, text the fan text line five zero three two five zero ten eighty, and uh, we will uh, get to the Blazers next. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on ten eighty the Fan. Nine nineteen. We continue here on Football Sunday, but we're going to take a diversion to basketball here for a couple of segments as the Blazers season has begun. And it is the talk of the town. Blazers have started the season one and one. They got demolished by the Jazz in opening night. Defense looked scattered. Offense couldn't hit a shot to save their life. Carmelo Anthony had 700 ISOs and he missed every single shot. Uh, It was bad. Blazer fans were freaking. Dame had nine points. Yes, Dame had nine points and zero in the first half. Blazer fans were freaking the F out. And I remember just tweeting, 
it was one game or the first if this the, my tweet was it was the first half in the first game take a breath right but it was still just one game now they came out yesterday they played the rockets rockets only had nine active players james harden was playing uh, but they still had players out on the covid contact tracing list including john wall demarcus cousins etc isn't it funny though just not not to cut you off but isn't it funny that Harden was the one at the club and doing all the stuff, and he's the one that cleared protocols, and mm-hmm. everybody made a big deal about him going to the club and kicking in and being with little baby or whatever, and what's he doing? He's putting his teammates in danger, and then the other guys are the ones that got sick. I mean, he still shouldn't have done it. I'm just yeah, saying. It is it is funny, yes, but it doesn't make what he did right. <laughs> no, not at all. It was, it was childish, but, I mean, come on. Um, but, yeah, so the game – on paper, even though Harden was playing, looked looked to be a bit of an easier matchup because they only had nine players. Most of the guys are guys I hadn't heard of before, uh, although Christian Wood is good. Really good. How on earth did he get that little money? My God. Anyway, uh, Blazers win in overtime. It was a close game. Uh, the first half did not look good again. The Blazers' defense started okay and then really, really kind of started to fade as the half went on. They came out, and the second unit looked terrible. They couldn't score. Carmelo, again, did like five ISOs where he just bricked every shot and his canter couldn't play defense. You know, the things that we were worried about going into the season were rearing their ugly head. Second half starts. uh, The Rockets only scored 17 points in the third quarter, and the Blazers' defense was very active. They started actually making the correct rotations. They were deflecting shots. They were hedging on the screens. It was was much better. There were still lapses. There were still mistakes, but it was better. Uh, And, uh, oh, yeah, C.J. McCollum became a nuclear bomb and just couldn't miss anything. And... Game was tied late, went to overtime. It was a good game. Dame missed the game-winning shot. CJ hit the game-winning shot in overtime. Uh, CJ had 44 points. Dame had 32 points. It was a great game, right? They're one and one We'll get to the Harden stuff in a second. But they're one and one This is the thing I want to say to all Blazer fans out there because, I, you know, Blazers Twitter is not all Blazer fans, but it is the voice that you see. Of course. Everyone is just like, oh, we suck. Freaking out. This defense is terrible. It's never going to work. God, it's been two games. You had no preseason. The Blazers had an extra two weeks of no preseason because they had to shut the facility down for COVID. They had a couple of preseason games. Look for little improvements early. And if it, 10, 15 games in, if it's still bad, then yeah, they're bad, right? But this is, to me, this is still part of a preseason for them because it's a bunch of new guys on the roster it's a bunch of trying to figure out who plays well with each other for Terry Stotts. And it's a, a lot. Of, they're learning a new defensive system. They, they're installing a new defensive system. So it's even more to add on top of the fact that you're trying to learn who your, who your new teammates are. So let's give it a couple of games, right? Let's give it a month. And by then, we'll know for sure if this Blazers team is going to be good or not. That's all I'm going to say. Don't overreact or underreact to just one or two games. Just know it's one or two games, right? And we'll see how they go. I was, I was, I was hopeful after the improved defense in the second half that things were starting to work out. There was a lot of steals. The weak side defense was much better. When guys got into the paint, they were completely crowded out of the paint. And when they forced up shots, they would miss. It did lead to a couple of open threes, but guys did close out pretty well. So there's signs. That's all I'm saying. Also, if you watched the game yesterday, very active coaching on the sideline not just from Terry Stotts, but from the other assistants too, especially on defense, yelling out instructions, where to go, where, where to do, uh, you know, where to hit certain players, where to go around the screen. I saw a lot of active coaching, which shows you just how much work they're doing to get this defensive stuff right. So that's good. So I'm going to take that as a positive. It was a win. You should have won by more. It shouldn't have gone to overtime. You know, the Rockets were very depleted, but it was a win and you showed some improvements and that's where I'm going to leave it. 
Blazer fans are freaking out, though, and it's like, guys, it's two uh, games. Uh, you know why? You know why we're freaking out? Because I'm going to throw myself into are you freaking out? Blazer fan. Uh, this team doesn't look good. I'll just, I'm just going to go ahead and be 100% real. Uh, preseason is over. When you say they didn't get a preseason, they didn't get practice. Um, let's just go back. This, these are the scores from their preseason games up until the, the win last night. 121-106 to the Kings, 126-95 to the Nuggets, 129-96 to the Nuggets, 120-100 to to the Jazz. Then we beat the Rockets by two. And they also and the won Rockets, the first preseason game. Too. And, and the Rockets don't have John Wall, their, star, their, their point guard. They don't have Boogie Cousins, supposed to be back in, in a big way. They didn't have Eric Gordon, who's their, their best three-point shooter, not named James Harden. So they were missing three of – Possibly they're 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 six rotation guys. Their first six rotation guys, they're they're missing. This Blazer team, you saw they're they're trying to Im, uh, implement a new defensive system. It's called defense that they're implementing. That's why it looks so crazy. That's why none of them really know what to do all the way because they've never they've never played this defense stuff that you talk about. It's Terry Stotts just always like to sag. He yeah. liked everybody to fall back into the paint and let mid range jump shots go. And, and it killed and, them. And it killed them. And last night you saw that you brought in defensive guys, and so you get defensive results. Robert Covington is a 3-and-D guy. He will start hitting that three-pointer eventually when he's open, but that's kind of what he does. His defense is real solid. He's going to be an irritant. He's going to be in your face. You saw Derrick Jones Jr. Man, he's the best great, defender. He's a, he's he's a really great good. defender. That's why you get him. You don't get him to score 15, 16 points a night. That's not going to be what he does. You get but, him for defense and the occasional oop. And, and the occasional oop. But that's that's going to be yesterday. his role. But all that said, it's like I'm looking at a team that's, that they just don't look as competitive. Because I'm saying like, and I don't mean to you know rain on our parade for for the evening. I continue to say hour because I am part of you know the Blazer Nation and everything. But Imagine if John Wall plays last night. How how much of a fit does he give, you know, those those guards? You know, imagine if Boogie Cousins is playing down low, like with Cantor who can't play defense, you know, how fast does he pick up five? Or how fast does he pick up a few and he's sitting on the bench? Or Nurkic sitting on the bench. So it's just um I I need to see more from this team. You look at the 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 depth that the Blazers have, and there's no way they should have lost four of their last five games. Whether going even going back to Preston, there's no well, way, and especially in the fashion in which look, they lost those games. The way I look at it is very simple. Nothing in the preseason matters. It does, because here's why. No. We don't have 82 games. Like, you say, wait, wait a month. Give it a month. Well, you got 72 games. In a month, games. if they're still bad, if they're still bad in a month, they've, put, they've shot themselves in the foot quite possibly. All, all I'm saying is do not look at the preseason and say this is what the team's going to be like. Any sport. Literally oh, any course. sport. The preseason means nothing outside of let's work on some things. You try, They tried out zone a couple of times in the preseason. They were just messing around a little bit. They were implementing the system. You're learning the guys on your team if you've got new teammates. I don't, I don't take a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. I took a lot out of the Jazz loss. It looked bad. But I said it's one game. Let's see how it goes. Now, you got the win yesterday, and now I think they're going to play Lakers Clippers back-to-back. And then they get the Warriors twice. The Warriors look really bad too. So that might Warriors be look really bad. that might be de- helpful for them. But Lakers Clippers back to back are going to be obviously very tough games, right? So you'll get an even more of an idea in the next two days just how much of an improvement there is and just who this team really will be. But even after those two games, let's say they lose them both, they probably will because it's the Lakers and the Clippers, two of the best teams, and they both look good so far. You'll be one and three. Still, don't jump off the bridge yet. Just give it a couple of weeks. And then you can make your final decision on who this team is. That's all I'm saying. 
I know it's a shorter season, but it's only 10 games shorter. It's not like it's a 40-game season. Yeah, it's still a 72-game season. 10 games is like a month, you know? So that's like, you know, a, a month's worth of games. And so if they go... Two and you know two and eight over these games. Well, then yeah, then you've seven, got a problem. Like, that's and I think and I think that's what you're you're looking at right now because but you're those, one and one. Those next two games are more than likely. But you're uh, but you're but you're one and one. That's all I'm saying is it's it's like a, a mass hysteria. It's two games. They've got to get one of these two games. Okay, they've got to get one of these two games. But if Just they don't, to, it's still not the end of the world. But no, because those two is, teams are better than you. Because, and that's the thing, like so. If you're competing for a, a just a playoff spot like the Blazers are typically doing, then yeah, and just be happy with you know losing to the Lakers and just knowing that you're not good enough. Like that's where you are. Like right now, Blazers have a, a very much an eighth eighth seed, seventh seed mentality. You know, and just get there. Like, but if you want to be competitive, you want to be one of the best. You have to be able to beat the Lakers. You have to be able to beat uh, the 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 Clippers. You have to be able to beat the Rockets. Like, and if you don't do those things, if you can't beat those teams, then we're not going anywhere. We're not going any further than the the second round, the first round. And I think that's the big issue. Like we can't settle anymore for oh well, it's the it's the Lakers, and they're probably going to win. So we just got to no. You got to go in there to beat the Lakers. Look, you know, you play them four times. You got to get two of them. It's not you about get- it's not about settling. It's about understanding what's happening. That's all. You don't want to lose to the Lakers. I'm just saying you probably will because it's the Lakers, right? Yeah. Um, that's all I'm saying. It's not It's not about settling for that. It's about understanding you have a new team and a new system and just give it a little time. That's all. I'm just going to preach patience. Yeah. It doesn't, I, it doesn't mean that Blazer fans freaking out are wrong. You might very well be right that it's going to be a bad year and it's not going to work out like we thought in the preseason based on these couple of games, but it's really, really unfair to make that declaration now after two games And I'm because I do oh, not count the preseason. It's, it's fan overreaction. Like, I don't it's, count it's, the preseason. It's definitely fan overreaction, but the preseason – didn't help. That's what I will say. Because unlike football, where you're not going to see your starters for more than a couple of series, in most cases, maybe until the, maybe the third or fourth preseason game, then you'll see them get some significant snaps, maybe up until the second quarter or something like that. The preseason, your, your, your guys are pretty much playing for a lot of the game. You know, maybe until around the third, fourth quarter, they, they're, they're not there anymore. But for the most part, towards the end of it, these guys are seeing significant minutes. And so for them to get blown out the way they got blown out in three of those four games and then to come into your first game of the season and get blown out and then play again the, the game against Houston. And for the most part, I like their fight. I think that's what we all saw from the Blazers last night. You like their fight. You thought they were going to go in there and, and fight back, which they did. They could have just laid down and said, well, we're down. What were they down? Like 15, 12, 12 15. something like that. We're down. Game's over. Let's just. Yeah, we're down to a team just, that's let's bad. Let's just ride. You know what I'm saying? Let's just let this thing go. But they decided to fight back. Came out they of halftime and it was better. They got tougher defensively and then they were able to win the game. All right, let's take a break. There is news that could change Blazer fans' perspective dun, dun, dun. from, oh, well, we'll just get the eight seed again. And that is that a certain player is available for trade. Well, not available for trade. He's demanded a trade, and he said Portland is a preferred destination. We'll get to that and some of your texts next. First, Joe has sports. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Talking to Blazers here. Text lines 503-250-1080. One texter hates Terry Stotts. Uh, that you know, he honestly, says, this year with all the talent and expectation will lead to what this team deserves. A new coach, Stoss has to go. Mark my words, Collins will get minutes as soon as he's clear. But Giles will ride the bench. He has to go. He doesn't know how to showcase a player's talent, and he has a little bit more on there as well. 
I'm starting to sour on Stotts a little bit, too. I mean, I, I've always thought Stotts is a very good head coach, and Damian Lillard talks about how much he respects him and how he doesn't want to play for anybody else. So I kind of just say, okay, you know, if Dame wants that, then Stotts is the head coach, right? But, yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like this year with the players that Olshay was able to bring in and the fact that it filled the holes in a way that made sense, right? Plugged areas of need that, yeah, Terry Stotts needs to do a good job of coaching this team. And if he doesn't, then he might lose his job. So I don't, I don't know if he's a bad coach. I just don't know. It might just be his time, right? It might be his time to, well, you you had your Western Conference Finals run. You've built a couple of good teams here. You've, you've been a good coach before, but it's fading. You, you haven't caught up to how the league has changed. Here's your chance to catch up. And if it doesn't happen, well, yeah, maybe it, maybe that's it. You know, I mean, Stotts, you know, he's often criticized for rotations. You know, if he were a football coach, he'd been fired already. Let's be real. You know, for some of the substitutions, clock management, like a lot of little things that, you know, that we've kind of knocked on Stotts for for the past few years, like those things are still there. And you're still seeing a same kind of stagnant blazer offense, you know, which is you shoot, then, my, then I shoot, then you shoot. So it goes, the ball goes between really three guys to get their shot. You know, it goes between C.J. Dame and uh, Mello. And outside of that, like, you just have to be open to kind of find your shot. That's been the Blazers' offense. There's no movement. Doesn't look like there's any screens. Like, I want them to call something. Call a motion. You know, do do something. But that's 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 a big part of coaching. And that's why guys like Mark Jackson still don't have a job because they can't do the X's and O's. They're great motivators and they're great guys and you want to play for them. But when it comes time for them to call a play, you know, Herm Edwards, you know, he's like, man, good, good, good dude, you know, love him. But sometimes like you got to be able to call a winning play. And that's, that's an issue sometimes. Well, but he, but he has done that too. Right. Ha- I mean, he has, I, I, I think that's the thing is just because the texture's right. Doesn't mean that Terry Stotts is or has been a bad head coach. No, he's been a very good head coach. He's been a very good head coach, but he hasn't been a great coach. And I think, you know, when you look around the league, I think there's only a couple great coaches, man, Popovich, Kerr, I think, is is an amazing coach because he took that team from Golden State and tweaked a few things and said, we're going to just do this now. And all of a sudden, they look like just this unstoppable Although now force, he's, you know. Now, I mean, he doesn't, two years, he's he, doesn't, quite a challenge. he doesn't have the, yeah, he doesn't have the, the personnel to do that. So he's got to kind of figure that out. This will be his best coaching job yet. Spolstra. It, I was going to say Eric Spolstra is the next one. Like, he is just an amazing, you know, guy. And he knows how to get the most out of his talent. Now, if the Blazers had Spolstra as their head coach, I think they're in the conference finals every year. That's just me being being. I think Spolstra, considering the way he knows how to game plan, the way he knows how to use the, his players to get the most out of them, I think this Blazer team would be in the conference finals almost every year. It's possible. Um, it's just an interesting conversation to have because I think the one thing you have to think about is okay. Let's say you fire Terry Stotts at the end of the year, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have a good season, or you don't live up to the expectations, or whatever. Who are you getting that's better? You, there, that's the thing. That unless Spolster's available, which he won't be, you're not getting. Unless Popovich decides he doesn't want to be in San Antonio anymore, which will never happen. Phil Jackson's going to come out of retirement. And I think that's the Outside tough of thing. That, is, there's nobody, so you have to stick with him. Is I think Terry Stotts is still like a top ten coach in the NBA. He's a he's a top like seven coach in the NBA. Like right. honestly, I'd be hard pressed to find five coaches that are better than Terry Stotts. Right. Which is the problem. Yes. Right. Which is why it's like you might be frustrated at how Terry Stotts runs his rotations or how he gets bristly about how he's asked about defense or whatever. 
but you better be sure that if you fire Terry Stotts, someone better is walking through that door. Yeah, a lot of people would say Brad Stevens, and I won't just because I think Brad Stevens has been incredibly blessed with Danny Ainge being such a great GM and and just to be able to get some of the talent that he's been able to get and to be in the Eastern Conference for you know his entire tenure. So I wouldn't put Stevens ahead of Stotts just because when you got a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown or you get a Kyrie and a Kemba, like, yeah, you're going to be pretty good. It's just it makes it a tough decision. That's yeah. all. Um, but I, I also agree with the texture that Terry Stotts' job may be on the line this year. He's just got. I just sure. I just think you just be careful because the grass is not always greener. You, you just got to hope that this defense that they played last night uh, is something they plan to play for the rest of the season. And I think if they can show some real improvement and Ter- Terry Stotts for as long as he's been a uh, he's one of the longest tenured coaches in the NBA at this point, only behind I think only behind Spolstra and. Popovich, obviously. I don't know if there's anybody else who's had their job at this point as long as Terry Stotts. I don't had. think so. That being said, you got to do better than the first round. You got to do better than the second round. You have to do better than a seventh seed. Like, I think those are the things that are going to keep his job. Every year, we think the Blazers should be a fourth seed. They should be a top four seed. Looking at their roster, there's no way they should be as bad as they've been. And a lot of this is going to be on Terry Stotts. If he can get them into that third, fourth seed in the league, then his job will be fine. But if it's another struggling to get the eighth seed, you're in the play-in game or you're in the play-in, that's going to be a problem. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, James Harden rumors. They were flying last night as they played each other, and both he and CJ basically having identical games Mm. and uh, talking smack to each other as well. So it was fun. We'll talk about that next. This is Football Sunday on The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.46, Sunday morning. Mike Rashad, Joe with you till 11 o'clock, leading you into the pregame of the Seahawks game today. Hate it or love it coming up at 10.30. We'll get into the NFL next hour. Uh, we're talking about Blazers right here. We spent a little bit of the first hour on 2020 as well. The James Harden rumors are out there now. He wants to trade. We knew that. A couple of days ago, he added Portland to his list of preferred destinations. Hey-o. And then he played Portland yesterday and scored 44 points and had 17 assists. And despite looking like he was a little bit of a Chubbsers, uh, came out and looked great, right? He looked like James Harden. Now, CJ, who would be traded for him, also came out and looked great. Don't think that's not unintentional, by the way. Um he took a ton of shots, but he hit a ton of shots. A record threes for him. Nine threes hit for CJ. Also 44 points, not 17 assists. But it was a really good game. They were jawing back and forth with each other. It kind of just felt like the elephant in the room of the game was was that. There was also the picture taken beforehand of Neil O'Shea talking to what looked like the Rockets GM, watching James Harden warm up. So, you know, rumors were abound. I am fascinated that so many Blazer fans don't want James Harden. Oh, it's mind-boggling. It is so interesting to me because all Blazer fans have ever wanted is another star to come to Portland, right? Somebody who wants to come to Portland right. on top of that. All Blazer fans have ever wanted is somebody to play next to Damian Lillard who you could say you've got two stars on the team. We know CJ's not a star. CJ is a borderline all-star, but that's not what Blazer fans want. They want to somehow build their own super team. Why do you think the honest stuff was so big, right? Especially that Chris Haynes report that mm-hmm. came out 
which seemed weird to come out after Giannis signed the Supermax with Milwaukee, but that's not here, neither here nor there. James Harden is a star in this league. He is the best scorer, flat out period, in the NBA. How could you not want that on your team? I don't understand. I, I, I well, I understand the questions about the culture of the team. I understand you don't want to in, introduce somebody who could be a cancer in the locker room. I get that, but James Harden is scoring over 30 points a game. You don't want to take that risk on a guy who could help push you over the top. That is a better offensive player and a better defensive player than CJ McCollum, who you'd probably give up in the trade for him, I assume. So I don't understand. You're not just giving up CJ. You'd be giving up more than that, but I don't really understand where the, the hesitancy comes from. This is James Harden we're talking about, right? You know, the the weird thing about this is when you talk about messing up chemistry, you're typically talking about messing up a winning chemistry, right? You're typically talking about somebody coming in and ruining everything that you've worked for as far as building a winning culture. I mean, the Blazers do win, just not in the playoffs. Where do they win? <laughs> where do we win? Honestly, this is coming from Blazers. Well, it's like 11 years where, in a row in the playoffs. Where do we win? Oh, the, if, so that's a win. The regular getting, season. Getting to the playoffs. You know, For some Blazer they, fans, that is a win. If that's the win, and if that's, and that's the reason that we'll always be, you know, searching for mediocrity is because we're just, we're just happy to be in the playoffs. And granted, being in the playoffs is cool, but if you know you're not going to win, what's the, what's the point? Like, we get to the playoffs every year. Last year, the, the, the bubble run was amazing for Damian Lillard, the bubble MVP. And then got to game one, it's like, okay, the Blazers can do something. And then they got embarrassed for four straight games. Well, they won the first game. They didn't know I'm saying. Game one, they won, and that was a great game, but then they were embarrassed for four straight games after that. But I guess it's good because, you know, they made it to the playoffs, right? With that mentality, they'll never win. Guess what? James Harden doesn't have a make it to the playoffs mentality. He wants to win a championship. He's been in the conference finals. Although you could argue that James Harden in the playoffs is a shell of himself. James Harden's playoff numbers are amazing. And that's the thing. And that's a one of the that's one of the the kind of the stigmas with him is like, oh, because he's made some mistakes in the playoffs that his numbers are man, his in, playoff in, numbers in are in, absolutely phenomenal. In elimination games, he does not play well. That is the truth. The okay. last like two or three elimination games, remember he he went like four for like twenty two from the floor. Okay. Right. And if that's the case, then look at your own star. Because our star doesn't play well in elimination games either. Our star doesn't play well in, in a lot of those games. Like he flat out fell apart in the conference finals. Flat out fell apart in the to be uh, fair in the in the semis. You know, CJ played well in game seven. See, yeah, but the semifinals was all CJ. First round, all Damian Lillard, amazing things, got a, a big buzzer beater against uh, Paul George. Second round, all about CJ. He saved you a, against Denver in that series. And then the next round was like, okay, they were gassed and couldn't do anything. James Harden's been to the conference finals a few times. And unfortunately, he just keeps running in, into Golden State. And so, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. But this fool in the playoffs since he's been in Houston, man, 26 and 5. Uh, excuse me, uh, 26 and 5, 27 and 7, 27 and 7, 28 and, 28 and 8, 28 and 6, 28, uh, 31 and 6, 29. What, is, what are you not doing? You're doing your job every single year. And so this whole stigma of like, oh, James Harden, he's a bad for the culture. Our culture, we don't have a culture. Our culture is just hard-nosed guys that people just happen to love. We love Rudy Fernandez. We love Sergio Rodriguez. We love these hard-nosed, really trash players, you know, like, oh, uh, 
Let me pull up some more guys. Um, Thomas Robinson. Thomas Robinson. Oh, my gosh. We absolutely love Remember him. Remember they traded Martel him? Webster. We have to hold on to these guys. But you're going to turn your nose up at James Harden? Get out of here. You sound silly. You sound absolutely silly. If you would turn your nose up at an MVP, at a dude that averaged 36 points and over, over seven assists, he's not a selfish player. One year averaged 11 assists. 11 assists. A two guard. A no two guard in the league has ever done that. And you wouldn't want that on your team? You're crazy. I'm sorry. You don't know basketball. It is. If you can do it, you do it. I think that's just this simple, right? I, I, I think Neil O'Shea actually in this case feels the same way. There is uh, Jason Quick tweeted about this. Neil O'Shea is actually a very good friend with James Harden. Uh, Neil Probably kicking in strip clubs together. Neil O'Shea was the coach at James Harden's high school, uh, an assistant coach before James Harden went there, and uh, worked with his agent. So they've actually become close over the years because of those couple of connections. And and Jason Quick said that O'Shea is actually one of James Harden's best friends in the league in terms of like in the executive ranks. I could see that. So that's interesting, right? I could see that. Because Neil O'Shea loves him some CJ McCollum, right? He's very proud of that draft pick. He would never trade CJ. We have heard that a million times. But it's different because this time he has a personal connection with Harden. And, again, it's a star. So... I'm going to be very curious to see if he pursues this aggressively or or if the Blazers are now a preferred destination just so James Harden can get to Brooklyn where he wants to go by, you know, making it a more competitive so that the Rockets don't get screwed. I don't know. I mean, it is all just a game at this point, right? Yeah. He wants to be traded. The Rockets don't have to trade him, but he wants to be traded. I don't think they will. You don't think they will? I don't think they will. I think the Rockets know that they can't lose. James Harden is a... He's an iconic NBA player. Like, you've got a, a whole generation of dudes with beards right now, mostly because of James Harden. And that, that's just, it's just kind of, you know, what it is. That step back three has been, been something that was criticized, but now you see it used often in the NBA. He's, he's, he's created a shot, which and once you create a shot or once you get something that's all yours, then the rest of the league typically ends up latching on to that. This is a top 10 player in the NBA, arguably a top seven player, depending on who you're talking to. When you get a chance to get a guy like this, you, 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 you go ahead. You go, you go for yeah. it. You go, there's not a, there's not one metric. And we talked about this and Joe, let me know if I'm wrong. We love Damian Lillard here in Portland. Damian Lillard is a superstar. He's a stud. We all know that, but there isn't one beat writer. There isn't one reporter that reports on the NBA by any metric that would say, Damian Lillard is better than James Harden. Deeper shooter? Possibly. Yes, they will absolutely say that. But there isn't one player, that one person that would say Damian Lillard is better than James Harden. I do think they're pretty close, though. Um, they're, they're, they're comparable. It's not, it's, not a terrible, it's not a terrible argument at all. But I think if you were to ask GMs around the NBA, I think the answer will be overwhelming. It would be James Harden. I think, they lo- I think everybody loves and respects Damian Lillard, and this is his team. It always will be, but... If you're for being real, just when we're being real and the Blazers offense is a very much a, they talk about the culture, man, what's the Blazers offense? It's isolation basketball. Who is the best isolation player in the NBA? It's James Harden. Mm-hmm. If it's James Harden, Kyrie Irving, those it's are the James two. Harden. The, yeah. Those, but those are the guys that are, are the two best isolation players in the league. So you wouldn't give that up for, you wouldn't, you wouldn't give CJ up for that. Huh? That's and I, we love CJ too, but he, what he did the other night, CJ will do 
often. He will do that a lot. CJ, James Harden does it every night. CJ will do what he did yesterday. It'll happen. Like, like 15 times a season, right? And you're right. And Harden will do it, if we're talking about a full season, 75 games. times, 72 games. Yeah, a season. That's the difference between the eight seed and the two seed. And that's the difference in the playoffs between losing in the first round and maybe making the Western Conference Finals or more. You know? Absolutely. I say do it if you can. I don't know if they can. I don't know if the Rockets will accept any offer they have. Um, you know, there was talk that maybe Ben Simmons would be included in a trade if it was to Philly. Well, Ben CJ's not Ben Simmons. So it's I think this is the only thing for both teams that makes sense. Honestly, because CJ's not a scrub. No. And if the then if the Rockets get CJ McCollum, all of a sudden he's instantly the the Rockets' best shooter on the team. He's the Rockets' best scorer on the team if CJ goes there. So all of a sudden you've got a number of you got a guy who can shoot, you got a guy who can get to the rim. You pair that with John Wall, you pair that with Boogie Cousins. Now all of a sudden, man, the Rockets look like a fun young team to kind of pay attention to. Everything I see in terms of like the trade mill stuff or the trade machine stuff is CJ, Zach, and like two future firsts as the ideal trade from Blazer fans' perspective. Right. I don't know if that's going to be enough. I think they might ask for more. You might have to give us something else, whether, that, whether that's more picks or another player. But I still say do it because you're right. How often do you have a chance where you're a preferred destination in Portland for a star in the league? It happened once before. It was Paul George, and we didn't, did, and we didn't do it. And they tried to do it. They tried, but it didn't happen. Well, you know, so well, you know why it didn't happen. Of course, you know, but Kevin that Pritchard but said, that was the only other time. You, Portland. But that was the only other time that I can remember recently that a star player has said, "Man, I want to go to Portland. Send me there. Like that'll be good for me." And outside of that, when have we heard of any other player? the The biggest free agent that Portland's ever got is the great Brian Grant. Yep, it's the biggest free agent signing that the Blazers have ever had. Everybody else has been traded here in whatever capacity. So to be able to be on that short list of people, even though we're like the fourth name, fourth or fifth name that he's thrown out there, I'll take it. Excuse me. I think you're forgetting about the great Evan Turner. Oh, my gosh. Don't, who can forget about Evan Turner, who Boston made a coach and said, you know what? This whole you playing <laughs> basketball thing probably isn't going to work for us. So let's go ahead and just make you, you a coach. You made your 60 mil from the Blazers yeah, already. You're we're good. good. You don't need to play anymore. All right. Let's get to hour number two. We'll talk some football then. I want to start next. Not at the top of the league, but at the bottom. Mm. The race Patriots. for Trevor Lawrence. Oh, okay. No, sorry. <laughs> the race for Trevor, you're not quite that bad. The race for Trevor Lawrence is on. There's two games left. And right now, it's not the Jets who are in the driver's seat. Mm-mm. This is Football Sunday on the fan. Portland. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 